Me and Dave, rocking the news. A, not a, the citizens arrest YouTuber who we talked about last week was rearrested. How do you get rearrested in a single week? Like, how do you get arrested for citizens arresting people? And then, like, the next week, I guess, like, he was arrested and released. I don't know if he's actually gone to trial or anything's happened. But then the next week, you go out and you're like, well, this time I'll do it right. And, okay, anyways, here the story, and it's even dumber than the last one. The last one, he basically accused a woman of scalping tickets. So this time, there is a man in his 50s who's waiting for a friend at a train station. He is then pushed to the ground and surrounded by a group of people who claimed he was trying to escape the police because he was a drug addict. So they did, the YouTuber did a citizen's arrest. He restrained a man, which is, I guess that's not kidnapping. It's assault for sure. They pushed him to the ground. So that's assault. Like restraining people against their will has to be a crime in itself. So I'm really torn on that. Like, what crime is that? It's not, I guess, it's a kind of kidnapping. I guess kidnapping, maybe you have to take away people. Because there was the thing he talked about last week. Kidnapping, if if you're in like in a company and the company like locks the doors and won't refuse, won't let you leave because you refuse to find a... If a company, we've read about black companies and you have to sign a form and they won't let you leave the room until you sign the form. If you call the police, they've actually kidnapped you because you're not allowed to leave. So I guess this is under the same law. So if one of them's kidnapping, this has to be kidnapping as well. Anyways, the citizens arrest YouTuber with friends surrounded a completely innocent man in his 50s who was waiting for a friend, pushed him to the ground, surrounded. That's got to be terrifying in itself. Uh, He has no drug connections and the dude was arrested again. So I don't know. Like he's not very good at citizens arresting. First of all, like there's one thing like I want to make my name as a vigilante. I need to vigilante properly. I need to, I need to vigilance the right T's. I need to be vigilant about who I vigilantize. I'm trying to make up new words. Uh, Riz was quoted as being the word of the year for, I think, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary or something. But if you're going to do citizen's arrest, you got to like... So to me, (laughs) I'm confused. Because to me, this is a failure on multiple points. He wants to be a citizen's arrest guy. But once everyone finds out you are not arresting people who've committed crimes... You failed on that point. So maybe they would just come to your channel to see you arrest the wrong people. Like maybe that's what they would come for. That would be the entertainment of that part. Like who's he going to falsely citizens arrest today? And then he gets in trouble. The police have to do something about this. Like this is actually a case where it's like, he's obviously just going to keep going until he goes too far. Someone gets hurt. I guess in a weird way, if he hurts someone and they sue him, that actually might be the better outcome. Like not that the guy gets hurt, but then being able to sue someone and take all his money would actually be the Russian embassy. So Japan and Russia, you know, they're having a contentious time right now because 
Japan does not support Russia in its efforts. Russia has pushed back on that. There has been some contention because of islands north of Japan that are still in dispute. So Russia and Japan right now do not have the greatest uh, relations in their embassies. Turns out Russian embassies have been refusing to pay their parking fines. (laughs) The embassy, this is actually the bit I liked. The embassy claims to be making efforts just just can't find a way to, to pay the fines. Like we're trying, we're trying really hard. We just can't we can't we just can't figure out how to pay the fine. I don't know. I I, I every time I go I forget my wallet or I forget the, the form I was supposed to I don't know what happened. But then you find out Russia had fifty nine percent of diplomatic parking fines in twenty twenty two. So it's almost like they're going out of the way. The forty one percent of the other diplomatic parking fines is the entirety of all the embassies in Japan. So Russia is doing essentially 60% of the parking fines. That is 2,338 cases. So if you want to do the math, add another 40% of that. You have all the diplomatic parking fines for the country in 2022. That's 60%. So that's like they're trying... Like You have two options. You can park here or you can park over there illegally. And then the Russian guys are like, park illegally. Let's get a ticket. Let's get a ticket so we don't have to pay it just to cause Japanese police a little more trouble. It's diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity has always been kind of a weird thing to me. I've never really understood it. I can commit a crime in your country, but because I'm a diplomat, I don't get in trouble for it. I mean, why would you show respect to a country that you're angry at right now? That's, That's actually just the way it goes, I guess. A 41 year old company executive went to the Japan Airlines Diamond Premier Lounge. Now, I can tell you, as a normal human being, I have never been in anything that is diamond and or premier. But to combine the two, the Diamond Premier Lounge, well, that's just got to be the best lounge in the world ever. Uh, so while people were there and they're eating and they're taking naps, because they're rich, fancy people and they do whatever they want, uh, this company executive, so he's a company executive. So it, the fact, okay, there's a couple of things that, that struck me. Company executives get paid more than me. I get paid normal people money. Uh, company executives get paid more than that. So he's got more than normal people money already. He's going into the Diamond Premier Lounge, which means he probably makes more than even rich people money. Like he's getting into the exclusive bits of the airport. Not a place I would care about. I I don't know. I I bet if I went in there, I'd be very happy about it. Actually, no, fancy places make me uncomfortable. I've gone to fancy bars a few times, and I always was like, I don't belong here, and I don't like it. And the the excessive staff attention is very off-putting to me. I like going to bars and izakayas in Japan where they're like, hey, you need anything? And I'm like, nah, buddy, we're good. And then they just like walk off, and you're like... That's right. I'll call you if I need you. And then you go, oi! And then they come over and they're like, you need something? like, yeah, I do. And then they give it to you. So I'm that class of person. The excessive attention puts me off. So this guy's in this Diamond Premier Lounge. And he decides it would be a great idea to steal a wallet worth 190,000 yen that had 300,000 yen in it. So there's there's actually, again, another sort of the level difference. The wallet was worth 190,000 yen. The average Japanese salary, I say this regularly because it keeps, 
all these big numbers, because you use Japanese yen in all these stories, a lot of these big numbers aren't going to mean anything to the average listener because they're in their country with their currency and the, the relationship doesn't make sense. The average person makes 4 million to 5 million, so let's say 4.5 million yen a year in Japan. That's an average salary. So your monthly salary, 300 to 450,000 yen a month. So someone spending 190,000 yen, that is probably about half the average salary for a month or like two weeks salary for a normal person in Japan. And then that had 300,000 yen in it in cash. I would probably carry 20,000 yen maximum normally. Because that's going to be enough to, like, if I need food, I can get food. If I need a taxi or an emergency, that would be enough to get me most places. Like, I could get on the Shinkansen for 20,000 yen and get to another city with 20,000 yen. So I don't really need to carry more than that. Like, I don't normally, normally I carry, like, a few thousand yen. But, like, if I just gone to the bank and I just, like, topped up, it'd probably be 20,000 yen. He admitted to the allegations. So he's actually said, yes, I did. It was another side point. In the story, he's been accused of stealing 300,000 yen and 190,000 yen wallet. But then he admitted to it, and they still just say suspicion and accused of because he hasn't actually gone to court. He hasn't, he hasn't actually been convicted, so it's still not necessarily true, which is a very interesting little, little side note. If you read carefully, you can see like the people who write these stories, they're very careful about their language because you don't want to make false accusations. I kind of appreciated that on the on the writer's part. I should actually put a little more effort into figuring out who actually wrote it. Give them credit is what I mean. He admitted to the allegations and he said the reason he did it was stress from work. Now, if this my all jobs are stressful basically. Uh, but if my job included the ability to go to the Diamond Premier Lounge to decompress every now and then, uh, I don't know, maybe Maybe, again, maybe the stresses he feels are so high and then the, the Diamond Premier Lounge isn't enough of a decompression. I'm not trying to give him too much sympathy. I'm just trying to imagine what it's like to have more money than I've probably ever had and then be like, my life is stressful. I'm going to steal money to make myself feel good, to relieve that stress, to have a little excitement, to feel alive again. No, I'm sorry. He should just... Uh, ease off work or I bet at 41 making enough money to get into the diamond premier lounge. I bet he could retire to again. If he was willing to live a normal life, this might be the bit that I always miss. Cause I was like, Oh, if I get rich enough, I will live the exact same life I live now and stop working as in these guys are like, no, I always need more and more and more and more. So I guess that's where stealing more money would feel good. I wouldn't feel good about stealing money, but I wouldn't feel particularly terrible about stealing from rich people. It's kind of a Robin Hood syndrome of being, again, just sort of average, normal person who lives in the world. Would I feel bad? I'd feel bad. I would feel really bad about stealing from poor people. I'd feel bad about stealing from normal people. I think I would feel less bad. Maybe I would still feel some guilt. I would feel less bad about stealing from rich people. That's not even to say they don't deserve their money. Maybe they worked really hard. I don't know. I think there is a base assumption that most rich people don't deserve the money they got. This is his second charge. 
His first was stealing a credit card from the Diamond Premier Lounge. So this is the second time not only has he been stealing, it's the second time he's been caught. Kind of goes with the citizen's arrest YouTuber from the previous story. If you get caught doing it, you have to change up what you're doing so you don't get caught. Or maybe you don't care. Maybe you want to get caught. Maybe there's one of those like serial killer, please stop me from killing kind of things. I can't help my motivation. Again, being of sound mind, I think. If I was caught doing something and I still wanted the benefit of that thing, I'd be like, well, I have to change my methodology. I wouldn't go back to the same place, commit the exact same crime and expect to get away with it. Because I got caught the first time, I'm going to get caught the second time if I don't change my methodology. So yeah, you got to you got to mix it up. I had an interesting discussion, sort of. Because I, I was thinking about like, I don't know how to launder money. So the problem is, let's say I found a suitcase full of money. Uh, a Yakuza group had thrown it out a window. Because that's actually happened. In Sapporo, they actually like found a garbage bag just full of cash and then they were going to burn it, and then they had to turn it into the police. Like, we don't know what to do with this. But let's say the money needs to be laundered. I can't just, like, take money out and use it. I was trying to figure out, like, how would I be able to spend that money and not get caught? And there's no way you can do it without them being able to pinpoint you in modern society. I'd have to find some alternative. Because if I spend money, let's just take it. I take 10,000 yen out at a time, which is sort of a very standard bill to use in Japan. I go to convenience stores and I break my 10,000 yen bill. They would have video footage of me spending the money. So they could just go, oh, we found one of the bills. Let's go through all the video of that day and just sort of catalog all the people who spent money that day. They might even have like a time frame because when that till was being used. They, if I went to a different store every time, they then could be like, well, it showed up here, it showed up here, it showed up here. Hey, guess what? This big, stupid white guy showed up at all these places. So I'm like, I can't do that. I could give it to my friends, was my second thought. Like, I'll give my friends all 10,000 yen in exchange for, like, break 10,000 yen for me. And they'll all spend it in different places. But then it's all still connected. Oh, wow, all these people seem to work at the same company. The source of the funds must be coming from within this company. And I was like, oh, the best way I could do it, which is some people say the reason Bitcoin was invented. They do have Bitcoin ATMs. Now, it's still going to take a picture of you because it's an ATM. But I could wear a nondescript hat, wear sunglasses, wear a mask. Get, and then the first thing you do as soon as you walk away from that ATM is you get rid of that mask. You get rid of those sunglasses. You get rid of that hat. You, do, you burn them or throw them in a river or something. That, once it goes to a wallet, is not as traceable. They can trace it. But, yeah... It's really hard for a normal person to launder money. That's actually something I thought about. So I was trying to figure out the best way to launder money. Uh, I haven't found a big bag of money, so I don't really see. This is sort of a waste of my mental energy, but it's, it's these sort of exercises I put myself through. Should the day arrive when I have to commit a crime, if you followed Ninja News Japan for any amount of time, you can tell I think a lot about how to effectively commit crimes and not get caught. I think about how to do things, criminal activities, the best I can. And I guess should the opportunity come up, if I'm going to do it, I don't want to get caught. Ninja News Japan has basically spawned because of my fascination with committing crimes. Uh, I haven't committed... Have, should I admit what crimes I have committed? I certainly jaywalk like every day. 
I've jaywalked in front of the police. They didn't seem to mind. Uh, in Japan, what crimes have I committed? Done some speeding. I've done, you know, the normal ones. The, the punishments in Japan can be quite severe. But having done this podcast long enough, I know if I just keep my mouth shut long enough, I'll probably just get sent away. I'll probably lose my job in the process, but I probably could get myself, keep myself out of prison, I think. Do I have the mental fortitude? Johnny Somali seems to have done it, and that guy's a moron, so. Next story, next story. I should, I should let all my thoughts wind down before I do the transition music. A 25-year-old police, female police officer was arrested for involvement in a romance fraud. It's only interesting because the female police officer was posing as a man. And so this was all online, so not a hard thing to do. But I was like, oh, like what would be the benefit? Because you think women could, like we had uh, Sugar Baby Ririn-chan was the story for the last few months on News News Japan. Fascinating how she was ripping off dudes and making tons of money with it, and then giving it all to hosts. Fucking ridiculous. But my thinking was, she should probably like scam men more effectively, but I bet she didn't want to use her face or anything, so this is why she was impersonating. But then I was like, ah, a female would better know the female mind. She could better romance another female. Because, you know, men, like myself, we're awkward and clumsy, and we smell bad. So... She probably actually could do a better job at the romance scam than I could because I would never say the right things. I would never be a good host. Let's put it that way. So at first, she was impersonating a male Canadian doctor and talking to her victim who was in their 50s. So I'm assuming pretending to be an older doctor. I guess doctors tend to be quite established. So an older dude. And he's talking to an older woman. So age appropriate. That's quite nice. Uh, And he says, I am taking care of patients in Yemen. My mother has been hospitalized. Airfare is 200,000 yen, which I will repay to you immediately. So he's trying to get the victim to send 200,000 yen so that they can buy an airplane ticket. Now, my first thought is why can a doctor, one of the better paid professions, not be able to afford 200,000 yen? Why couldn't a doctor go to one of his doctor friends who also would have money and ask them for 200,000 yen? 200,000 yen being honestly in this case not very much money like if we're talking about like airfares that are last minute the last time i went to canada it was a quarter million yen or something for me and my family to go like it was ridiculous uh but it was again we didn't go short notice but it was not quick and so we weren't even paying like the premium price we certainly weren't getting into the diamond premier lounge with our tickets and we were paying way more money than that so also had posed as a male model requesting money for shipping costs to send the prize money for winning a contest. So this is a pretty common scam where it's like, we're going to give you $20 million. What you have to do is send us a few thousand dollars as a deposit or insurance or something like that. And then you send the two, $3,000, whatever, the minimal fee to get your $20 million, which seems nothing in comparison. I spend 2000 bucks, I get $20 million. You get the money for just this initial investment is a really good deal. So that's, lotteries will never ask you to send money because they have all the money. They like, they'll, we'll just take the $2,000 out of your $20 million uh, winnings and send it to you and we'll insure it and stuff. It makes a lot more sense. 
being a male model, I'm sure, again, there was a certain amount of like, let's cloud our victim's mind with lust kind of feeling. Uh, also trying to be very charming. It was just, again, it's a, it's a cop, a cop committing these fraud crimes, a cop who knows how easily it is to get caught, who knows sort of the system getting caught makes me feel they're not a very good cop and not a very good criminal. And if a citizen's arrest YouTuber had arrested her, celebrations all around. Four hosts. It's actually thematically lately things have been lining up. So I was talking about Rivi Chan and she spent all her money on hosts and then I was talking about hosts and then the government started like cracking down on hosts and now I'm getting a bunch of host stories. Four hosts were arrested for illegal touting during the day. So what they do in Japan, it's called touting. It's basically I'll stand close to my restaurant or bar or whatever and I'll have some of my staff out on the street and they'll be like, hey, do you want to come to a bar? I'll take you to a bar. And I don't know if they get extra money for it or whatnot, but you know, more customers means more money all around for the restaurant. Maybe you get paid better. Aggressive touting is illegal in certain prefectures. So it's not everywhere, but if these dudes on the street are like harassing you, problematically, they can get in trouble. Now, it's something you need to be able to prove and you're able to see. These four hosts must have been doing a really, really uh, aggressive hustling for street business because they were trying to get them to the morning host session, which is inconceivable to me. Hosting, in my image, is you come around 8, 9, 10 o'clock would be the earliest. So probably the party starts around midnight. They party till three, four, five in the morning. They're drinking, they're having a good time, and then you roll home. Okay. Apparently there is a morning host session between nine and 10 in the morning. So I was like, are these the remainders of the host? The hosts who've been drinking all night, do you get to have a really gross, stinky breakfast with them? Are they recovering from their night of drinking? Are they... The morning crew, is there like a specific morning crew? Because like, I very, very sadly, I would not want to stay up till 5 a.m. in the morning drinking, especially every night. I would much, much rather prefer to have the 10 o'clock morning hosting shift, uh, which I'm sure is not the most profitable one. But that means you're probably, in my mind, getting a lower tier of host. So like the whole point is there's a certain glamour, a certain attractiveness to the hosting lifestyle. You go there, they charm you, they romance you. It's a weird breakfast thing. I just, th- those don't connect to me. Hosting and breakfast, morning time. Like to me, that's when they'd be getting off work and going to sleep for sure. And are they drinking? Are you starting drinking? I'm not judging. I, not recently, last couple of years, what I actually found was I much prefer to drink at lunchtime and sober up by dinner than drink at dinner time and try to go to bed while a little loose. I found drinking at lunch a much more preferable experience. So a couple hours earlier, 10 o'clock, I'm not going to get too judgmental about that. It's just, it, again, it seems like if you have people walking on the street at 10 o'clock in the morning going, hey, do you want to start drinking now? Seems like it wouldn't work out to me. This just doesn't seem like a good plan. It doesn't seem like it matches uh, the romantic life, the romance of the whole host thing. 
to me. But I guess if they were going to be successful, they would have to be very aggressive to get people into their host club at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is why the police were notified of them, which is how they got arrested, these four guys. And again, citizens arrest YouTuber. Wrong place, wrong time. You could have been there arresting hosts and actually doing some good for society, but no, you just pushed down a 50-year-old man who was waiting for his friend because you're dumbass. I had to mention that this apparently is a restaurant that's been around in Nagoya, which is the city I work in, since 2012. So this has been around for 10 years. It's a Nagoya restaurant called Shachihokoya. It includes slaps from the staff for 300 yen each. And so I watched a video of like this restaurant. They are not holding back. They are legit slapping you as hard as they can. It's girls, but that doesn't mean girls don't hit hard. Uh, slap across the face, slap across the face. Then they'll hit you a bunch of times. So if you, there was one video and the girl hit him like, like six, seven, eight times times 300 yen each. It's, that's not one slap. That is 300 yen per impact to the face. Uh, I'm torn as to whether or not I want to go to this because A, it would be an amusing video, but B, if someone slaps me in the face, I, I might not take it very well. I'm not the kind of guy who's used to getting slapped around uh, and just sitting there. But of course, then it's also like a little girl, so I'm not going to hit her back. Am I? A citizen's a YouTuber Citizens Arrest YouTuber might want to be ready for the fracas that ensues should I end up at that restaurant. Normally we end off into New Japan with a creepy, creepy story. And I, I'm, it's a tradition I'm happy to uphold, but the creepy, creepy story has to have something interesting. And I found something more interesting, and it's uh, shitty, shitty racism. <laughs> so, uh, Yamato Gokoro is a company that sells stuff online like clothes and stuff the leader of the group is yoshiaki yoshida and he's also the founder of dhc and he's dipping his big toe back into the racism pool so back when he ran dhc he posted comments let me get the right ones no okay so i didn't write down i only wrote down the most recent comments so we'll just do it let's do it in order and then refer back to dhc later so kind of reorganizing my Story on the fly. On the Yamato Gokoro website, he posted that Yamato Gokoro is apparently the only major general online retailer whose head is pure Japanese. Now, pure Japanese in Japan is a pretty racist statement. Because what you're saying is anyone who isn't pure Japanese, uh, they suffer from faults. There's a lot of like... Pure Japanese people don't steal. They have more integrity. They And this is like really, really right-wing stuff. Naming a competing CEO, he said, based on the features of his face, he is often suspected of being Zainichi, but steadfastly denies this. So judge for yourself. So they're doing, uh, well, again, what a lot of racists do. They're saying like facial features, you can actually like see someone's genetic history in it and you can see if they're pure Japanese or not. So if you have Korean features, then you're obviously a mixed Korean or have like an impure heritage and therefore you are must be a lesser person. Zainichi, it's a phrase you might have just learned today, is what they call ethnic Korean people who grew up in Japan. So Japan invaded Korea, 
brought a lot of Korean people over back to Japan to be slaves. They were a lower caste of people. They were treated very poorly. Uh, they are Zainichi. Their children and their children's children, grandchildren and stuff, grew up in Japan. 100% Japanese culture, but of course looked down upon. Uh, it's a pretty dark part of Japanese history. Japan has a lot of pretty dark parts, if we're being honest. But this guy saying, like, look at this other guy's face. Doesn't he sort of look Korean? You shouldn't shop for with him. Is, you know, again, that's pretty clear what he's actually trying to say from the start. To another CEO of a different company, he said, according to the compendium of Zainichi common names, he is 100% of Korean descent. So they have a list of names that Korean people, when they came to Japan, would have changed their names to to integrate into Japanese society. So very standard ones, let's say. Uh, there's a list of these, the compendium of Zainichi common names. So these are the most common names. Because he has one of these names, ergo he must be, it's 100% factual that he is from Korean descent. He's not Japanese. He's not pure Japanese. I always do enjoy when people say pure because in my mind, that means nothing. We've now hit a point where there has been so much, you know, integration and crossbreeding and stuff and how far back do you go before something's actually pure? There's no such thing as a pure Japanese, a pure Chinese, a pure Korean, a pure anything, because borders are made up. And if I was born on the border between China and India, I'm going to look like a little bit of both, maybe? It's hard, very hard. To, I, whatever. Uh, it's just, again, I don't actually see any of this as being in any way legitimate because I don't see purity as being actually possible. This is one of those things where I bet if this guy, you did his like 23andMe DNA history thing, it would come up with like 17% Chinese, 17% Korean, 17% Vietnamese, something like that. Like it'd be a mix of Asian cultures just because Asian cultures throughout all of history have mixed regardless of whether you liked it or not. I enjoyed this part the most though. When newspapers asked about the post... The company, not the man, because they didn't want the man out there. PR team was like, we got to get this guy to shut up. He's saying the racist shit again. Uh, they said, we will refrain from answering at this stage. So I think their hope is that people will, this this will like just sort of fade away a little bit. Uh, people will stop asking questions. There won't be this problem in the future if we just shut up now. Uh, maybe we can get our boss to not make racist posts and things will just like kind of calm down. I think that might be why the PR team was like, don't let him answer the question because he would probably double down. Not probably, absolutely did because he did a similar thing at the previous company, DHC. Between 2020 and 2021, when DHC was bought by Oryx, they had Yoshida step down. But he was making similar posts that the company then would remove. So he's sitting in his office going like, oh, I looked at this other guy's face. He must be Korean. He's typing away, saying racist stuff like, oh, look at this guy's. I don't know. I don't know what features they would pick on. I'd look at his eyes, nose, ears, mouth. He's clearly Korean descent. Obviously, you should not shop with him or he doesn't do a good job because of his face. You should only shop with me because I look at this, the, the mask of purity that I wear all day, every day. I haven't seen a picture of him. I actually tried to look up a picture of him uh, really quickly this morning. I didn't get one. 
I wanted to see what a pure Japanese looked like so I could maybe recognize one in the future. I fully expect he will get in trouble because it's kind of illegal and it's not really a good thing for your CEO or president to be saying. It makes your company look bad. A lot of people in Japan are now stepping very far back from this stuff. We've had lots of stories in the past of old Japanese men saying racist stuff and getting in trouble. We had the guy um, who was in charge of the Olympics. He got in trouble for sexism and racism and stuff. And we got the mayor of Osaka way back. He used to just say, he used to say racist stuff like every day. I loved him because every week he said his something. I had a story I could do on Ninja News Japan. And apparently that is actually the last thing you want as a politician is to have me talk about you because that means you have just crossed a stupid line. <coughs> oh God, I tried to hold that sneeze the whole time. Yeah, I think Dave's hair went up my nose. Can I get it down without disturbing it? Oh, buddy. There he is. I'm pretty sure me just rubbing him the whole time has kicked up a lot of the hair and went up in my nose. Oh, you want scratches in your belly? You got some Dave Cam time, baby. Yeah, he sleeps with just just the tiniest bit of his face on my desk. So usually he has his paw out here. It's a little colder today, so he's just he's just chilling out. I give him a lot of scratches, and you can see his eyes slowly start to close. Ah. Uh, Dave's life is so hard. <laughs>